God promised Abram that he would be the father of many nations. But as Abram looked around at his present reality, he began to have doubts and questions. And that's when God came to him. I'm Pastor Jason Barnett, and this is the Dirt Pastorman Podcast. God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. 
So God comes and speaks to Abram. Now, I just so everybody's aware, Abram and Abraham are the same person. So when you read about this in the New Testament writers, they're going to say Abraham, but they're referring to Abram. Now, as I'm preaching this sermon, I will probably flip back and forth between the two names and know I'm talking about the same person. Just, just as a word of warning. But God comes to Abram. And this, this really, the way God, the way this passage opens, the way chapter 15 begins, in a lot of ways, sounds more like a passage that you would read in the prophets. Right? It, it, really, normally when we read the prophets, it says the, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, or the word of the Lord came to Isaiah. And it was God's way of giving his messenger a prophetic message that was to be shared. But here in Genesis chapter 15, verse 1, God comes to Abraham and says, I've got this to say to you. He comes to, and he comes to Abraham in a vision. And the very first thing that God says to Abraham in this vision is, Abraham, do not be afraid. Abraham had a lot of reasons why he should be afraid. For starters, in chapter 12, God tells Abraham, hey, I want you to leave behind the country where you were born. I want you to leave behind the inheritance that's there waiting for you. And go to the land that, I, that I, I'll tell you when you get there. That's scary. And as he's on this journey, as he's following God, he, his nephew, Lot, gets captured by this group of kings. So Abram gets a bunch of people together, about 300 men, and he has to go and rescue Lot from these kings. So not only does he, does he have a reason to be afraid because he's in a new place, but he's also afraid now because he's upset leaders in the area that might be coming after him seeking revenge. Those are just two reasons. There, there's, a, there's a third reason that Abram's afraid. We'll get to that one in a few moments. But, but Abram is afraid. So the very first thing that God says to him, and the word that he brings, is he, said, he tells Abram, do not be afraid. God's going to go on. He's going to tell Abram, he says, do not be afraid, for I am your shield. Why would Abram be a shield? He's living his life for God. He's following God where God's telling him to go. Why would he need a shield? Because God's telling him that there is going to be battles in this life that he is living in the faith. Do you realize that's why Paul tells us in Ephesians 6 that we are to take up the shield of faith? He's not telling you to take up the shield because it looks pretty. He's telling you to take up the shield because stuff's going to start flying at you. But in this case, if God comes to him and says, don't be afraid, and Abram, I am your shield. And when God's telling Abram that he's a shield, he's, you know, what, what, what does a shield do? A shield protects the person that wields it, right? You can use it to block a blow from the enemy. You can use it to, to block flying projectiles. You might, you know, you might be hitting the legs or the arm or something. But let's face it, you hit the arm or the leg, most time you can survive that one. Just don't hope I'm not your medic. That's the call that I'm not It's not good. <laughs> Drink some water and walk off. <laughs> but when you use a shield, when the person wielding the shield uses it, not only are they protected, 
protected, but after the battle is over, you know what the reward of the battle is if you wield the shield correctly? The reward is you're still alive. You can keep fighting, you live to fight another day. And so God is telling Abram that, hey, I will be your shield. He's like, he's telling Abram, I will protect you so you can live to fight another day. God's telling Abram in the midst of battle, you can have hope. You can have hope that there is going to be a tomorrow because I, God, am your shield. <clears throat> He's telling Abram, you can be courageous in the moment of battle because I, God, am your shield. You know, the shields we make as human beings, they, they can break. Right? I, 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 you know, if you're using a trash can lid and it's a aluminum, it's going to get smashed up. The wooden ones, they shatter. Metal can be bent. But if God is your shield, almighty and all powerful, there's nothing that can harm you. There's nothing that's going to deem God up. So Abram, Abram can take courage and fight in the, day, in the day of battle because he has God as his shield. And he can have faith. He can have faith that, that God is going, he's going to be able to come through the other side because God is his shield. God is protecting him. So that's what God is in his first opening statement to Abram in the section. He's saying, don't be afraid. I am your shield. Now, verses 2 and 3, God opens, opens up with this beautiful word, with these beautiful words to Abram. And verses 2 and 3, Abram comes back with, here's my problem, God. This is the problem that I have. You're saying these wonderful things, but this is the problem that I have. You see, when you call me to leave my, my father's house behind and, and go to this land that you tell me I know when I got there, you said you would make me into a father of many nations. God, here I am. I've been obedient to you. I've followed you. But look, I don't have any kids. Look around, the house is empty. You see, remember I told you I mentioned later another fear that Abram had. Abram's fear is that he, all this stuff that he gets, he's a man of power, he's a man of wealth at this time period because of God's blessings upon him. But Abram's fear is that he would have no one to pass it to. And not only that, not only if he didn't have someone to pass it to, you know, then what would happen with these things? But who's going to take care of him and his wife when they get older? Now, the, the law and the custom of that time allowed for, for, for men like Abram to, to pass their belongings on to a servant, and that servant could also therefore take care of them, take, take the place of a child if they didn't have one. But let's be honest. Family is different than a hired man. He's afraid about his future. This fear is clouding everything. And so, yes, God comes to Abram and says, Hey, don't be afraid. I am your shield. I'll protect you. And Abram can't help but, but confess to God, God, I'm afraid. And this is why. I have no offspring. And the only person I have to pass myself on to is this. 
He confesses that fear of God. He doesn't try and hide it. He doesn't try and deny it's there. He brings it straight to God. See, there's a misconception in the Christian faith that, that if you have doubts and fears, you should talk about them. If you have doubts and fears, you should press them down and continue not there. But here's the problem. You and I were designed to experience fear, let alone they hold on to it. What does Paul tell us in, in Philippians? He says, cast all your anxieties on him. It's in Peter's letter. Cast all your anxieties on him. God doesn't want you to hold on to those anxieties. God wants you to confess them to him, bring them out of the darkness into the light so he can address them. You see, it's very easy to read this passage and think Abram's being disrespectful to God, saying, God, how dare you? You promised me this and I don't have it. No. Abraham is looking at the reality of the situation he's in. He's getting old. He has no kids. And he's saying, God, this is where I'm at. I know your promise, but this is what I see. He confessed it to God. And so God is going to respond to him. And that's really what we're going to focus on, that God responds to Abram. And the very first thing that God does is as he's responding to Abram, saying, Peter, and his confession is, He's, he's, going to, he's going to understand what Abram is saying. He's going to hear Abram's confession that, hey, all I have in my life, all I have to pass my stuff on to is this servant God. Because that's the reality, that's how he sees it. So the very first thing that God says to him in verse 4 is, that's not how it's going to happen. He rejects. Abram's faulty misunderstanding of God's promise. He tells Abram, I know in reality you're looking at what you see, but that's not how it's going to play out. I promise you, you would be a father of many nations, and that child isn't going to be a child of somebody else. It is going to be a child from your own body. So God rejects Abraham's faulty understanding. He, he, he takes in Abram's confession. He corrects the misunderstanding and he reassures Abraham of the promise again. This child is going to come from him. And part of the reason fear consumed Abram, and part of the reason he got distracted, is he was a human being looking at it from a human being's perspective. He was dust looking at dust. And what does God do? He takes Abram outside and he tells Abram to look up at the sky. Look at the stars. Try and count them. That's, that's what it says, right? It says, try and count them. See if you can. Try and count them. Because that's how many descendants you're going to have. So Abram was, was sucked up into his problem. And he was, he was dust looking at dust. And what does God do? God takes Abram outside and takes his focus off the dust and lifts him up to the sky and tells him, count the stars. God readjusted Abram's sight 
So he wasn't looking down, but he was looking up. Verse 6 tells us this. It says, Abram believed the Lord, and he credited to him his righteousness. Abram believed God. And that word believed here, uh, in the original language, it, it literally means to, to, um, I lost it. Yeah, that original word literally means to prop or, or to stay put. It means that whatever you're going to build on is a firm and solid foundation. It's going to be something that's immovable and sturdy. And so what that word believe is, is, is implying is that Abram is going to take this promise of God. He is going to build his entire life, his entire existence off this promise that God has given him. Though the reality of the situation around him is saying something different, he's going to take God's promise and he's going to trust God with what he says. He's going to build his entire life on it. For Abram, there's nothing, there nothing but God and God's plan. And then they, and it, there was a moment where he doubted, where he was unsure of of what was going to happen, all he had to do was take on a minute stop and look up at the stars and count them again. Because that's what God promised him. Aaron trusted the one who made the promise. And this idea of that where it says, and it was credit to Abram's righteousness. This is, this is what the New Testament writers read and they just latched onto it. Paul's going to write about it in Romans 4. James is going to talk about it in chapter 2 of his epistle. That God took Abraham's faith and credited it to him as righteousness. That's saying that it wasn't based on what Abram did. It wasn't about Abram leaving his house. It wasn't about Abram building anything. It wasn't about him amassing wealth. It was about Abram believing God and trusting him enough to build his life upon what God said. It was his faith, not works, that was created to Abraham. Abram is with righteousness. So what does this have to do with you and I? And while certainly this passage does have a, a bloodline lineage attached to it, we all know if we continue reading Genesis that Abram's going to have a son that's named Isaac, right? And there's a lot of interesting stories that happen with Isaac, including one where Abraham takes him on a mountain and is going to sacrifice him. And, Abraham, and Isaac's like, Dad, where's the, where's the sacrifice? Right? There was that awkward moment, like, oh, son, New But this promise is not based on bloodlines. Did you know that? This promise, yeah, yes, yes, God's going to take Abram and, and the entire Jewish nation is going to come from this. The entire 
you know, Ishmael is going to be blessed because of Abram as well, and he's going to develop into mighty. Yes, there is bloodlines attached to it, but this promise that God gives to Abraham in this moment is not about bloodlines. The lineage of Abraham is based on faith. Because the same God that took this faith of Abraham and counted that as righteousness can do the same thing with you and I. It's not based on bloodlines, it's based, it's based on faith. And it's faith that is in the work of God and what God has told you, it's in the promises of God. See, Scripture teaches us that God has a purpose for each and every one of us. It teaches us that, that there's a place at God's table for each and every one of us. But that's not based on bloodlines. It's based on us having faith in Jesus. Because Jesus, remember John read it for us earlier, the Pharisees are questioning Jesus and they're talking to him and then they're discovering that Jesus is saying that he's greater than Abraham and what does Jesus say to him? He said, before Abraham I was. That was Jesus declaring he was God by the way, in case you missed it. Before Abraham I was. And that is the God who stepped into humanity went and died on the cross for us the forgiveness of our sins. Because it's this basic, this, this complete trust in God, this, this taking God at His word and building our life upon, that's the way God designed us in the very beginning. I'm not talking about Genesis, I'm talking about the blood. Genesis 1 and 2, that's how God designed us. We were designed and created to live our life in complete trust and obedience with God. It was sin that disrupted that. It was sin that caused us to distrust God and hide ourselves from Him. It's sin in our lives that, that makes us fear God and makes us not want to confess our fears and failures to Him. Because how can a holy, pure God like that love somebody like me? But God's promise is, God's promise is that through Jesus, that relationship can be restored. You can completely trust God with everything in your life. You can, you can confess your deepest fears. You can confess every one of your failures. And God, through Jesus Christ, has pardoned you from that sin and the guilt associated with it. He has declared you righteous in His presence, not by your own works, but by the work of Jesus. And for you to get that righteousness, all you have to do is believe. Now, when I say that word believe, it's not as simple as I believe in Jesus, right? I can go outside and believe, I can say, I, I believe I can fly. And then run and try and jump off the building, but it's not going to work out. I guess if I jump the right way, I can fly in a helicopter. But it's not the point. No. Remember I said that word believe, what it means? Abraham believed God. It means he believed God, 
listening to this episode of the Dirt Pass Sermon Podcast. It was recorded live at the Greensburg Church of the Nazarene, located at 31 Bluebird Lane in Greensburg, Kentucky. Our theme song is called The Dirt Path, performed by Jeremy Edwards. If you would like to share a word of testimony with us or what God's been doing in your life, you can reach us at P.O. Box 215, Greensburg, Kentucky, zip code 42743. Or you can also find us at www.gbergnaz.com on the Greensburg Church and Nazarene Facebook page or the Dirt Path Facebook page.